Welcome to the Beauty and the Vlog Podcast. I'm your host, Erica Vieira. Join me as I interview YouTube superstars in the worlds of beauty, fashion, fitness, and lifestyle. I go in depth with your favorite video vloggers and discuss their journeys to success and the struggles they encountered along the way. We go behind the scenes of the world of vlogging and talk about what works and what doesn't and what it takes to be a YouTube superstar. So sit back and prepare to learn, have fun, and be inspired. Let's go. Well, hello, beauties. Erica here, and welcome to another episode of Beauty and the Vlog. And for this episode of Beauty and the Vlog, I am interviewing someone a little bit different than what you're used to. Usually, I interview beauty vloggers, but I wanted to bring on Miss Emmy Smithower from Savvy Sexy Social. Because she is an expert when it comes to online marketing and online branding. And I wanted to get her perspective and her expertise on building a YouTube channel. And most importantly, building yourself as a brand and as a business. And so Miss Amy, she is a founder and face of SavvySexySocial.com, a resource empowering brands to embrace their amazing personality and share it with the world. Leading the charge and video blogging for business, Amy has grown a community of advocates who've helped the site amass more than a million video views. She started her channel in 2011. Now, Amy, I've given our listeners and viewers a little bit of an overview of your channel. But why don't we get started with talking about what inspired you? I usually ask the question of what inspired you to start your YouTube channel, but I want to ask you the question, what inspired you to kind of get into this world of online blogging and online branding? Well, it's kind of, that goes way far back, I guess. Like I was fortunate that my mom was a tech teacher before it was cool. I had a computer really early on in my life. I think I was on the internet, you know, kind of early on. And and so I, I was experimenting with that a lot. So sort of when you fast forward and, and the birth of MySpace and YouTube and Facebook and things like that sort of start happening, I couldn't help but be extremely interested. And forgive me, I live downtown, so I might have some like sirens and stuff in the background because apparently it's raining and everyone's dying. But, uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, that's that's what started. It was just being really excited about being online, there's people online, they're connecting, they're sharing their story. YouTube specifically going back to early, you know, mid 2000s, I guess. That was so inspiring to see what people were doing to share their message through video. And even though I was sort of timid and introverted and thinking like, oh my God, I would never do that. It was really exciting. So I actually started a YouTube channel. Uh, actually, I started a YouTube channel in 2007 or something. And I, and I posted some like of my friend interactions and I was like, this is getting fun, but I didn't like my channel name. So I was like, I'm going to start a new one before this becomes legit. So yeah. that's how the Schmatastic channel was born. And I really was just sharing my life with my friends and bouncing around and being this video blogging girl, something that's so crazy uh, to see now people are meerkatting on the street or mm -hmm. taking selfies. Like I was doing that, you know, along with like I Justine and all these people that are on YouTube just vlogging out in public and everyone's looking at you like you're a lunatic. Yeah. But that's what the Schmatastic channel was. It was just me sharing my life. So what's really interesting was I came at this world 
as a content creator, as a sh- as somebody just sharing, mm-hmm. somebody who didn't even really knew- know she wanted to share. That's mm-hmm. what I was doing. It was just so much fun for me. I loved the editing process. I loved go- doing things in post, and it just became fun. So because of that being my background, content creation has always come first. Um, audience experience has always come first. And me having fun has always come first. So lots of firsts, mm-hmm. but they were all important. Mm-hmm. So um, that's when I started getting interested in marketing because as you're starting to grow that brand a little bit, you start to verse yourself on all the platforms and things you can do in real life, online, wherever to grow brand awareness and just sort of something I became naturally good at left my policy and lobbying position after I went to school for political science to decide I wanted to go into marketing because this internet thing is going to be real hot. So that's, that's basically how it worked out. I think that was a good choice because you're a natural at this. Why don't you tell everyone who's not familiar with you, just exactly what it is that that you do. Sure. Yeah, so I specialize in video content marketing for small brands. Uh, If you want people to know who you are, if you want to beat out your competitor, the best thing you can do right now is create video content that's useful Mm -hmm. and Googleable. I like Mm -hmm. to say. I I think it's a word. If it's not a word, then you (laughs) know what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. (laughs) So it's funny because... um, Everyone's saying in 2015, video's hot right now. And they're like, man, you're on the right, you're onto something. Video's hot right now. And I'm like, video's hot right now. Like, where have you yeah. been? Yeah. Like, video's been hot for a while. Everyone's saying this now because there's sort of, there's YouTube competitors coming out. There's Facebook finally realizing they want to be YouTube, mm-hmm. but they're never really going to be, in my opinion. Um, so a lot of people are saying that, which is good for business because mm-hmm. a lot of brands are saying, yeah, we need video content. And so my job is to advise them whether they buy a product from the from uh, the blog, they buy uh, a workshop with myself, we do Savvy Sexy Social Live events, or it's a coaching client, which I haven't been coaching the beginning of this year just because I wanted to focus on the products of the website, but mm-hmm. that's something that I do offer most of the time in my business. Um, Working together one-on-one to build out that plan. Mm -hmm. What can you talk about that people care about in video form so that a visual learner can go there and learn that sort of information. And then they're going to want to come to you for everything else because you are their authority in that space. So, all, most of my listeners and viewers are content creators in the beauty and fashion and lifestyle space. So mm-hmm. I, I like to think of them as even though it's, a, it's very much a, a business though at the same time. And so although it's not per se a business that's on YouTube to try and expand their business, this on type online, you know, YouTube content creation yeah. is in fact a business. So how would you, what would you say to those people, the beauty vloggers, the lifestyle vloggers that could really, I would say, you know, what would be your pieces of advice for those type of people who was maybe have their channel and they're taking it very seriously. They're doing it day in, day out, but they want to get to that next step of becoming a business per se. What, what would you recommend to them? I mean, the first step to making something a business is treating it like a business and not Mm -hmm. treating it like a hobby. I think a lot of people, uh, especially when you do have such anomalies that happen online, viral videos and and huge YouTube stars, um, that if you just keep plugging and chugging, that eventually something's going to take off and this is going to start writing your checks for you and you can leave your nine to five. And the difficult thing about that is 
it's really, really, really hard to become one of those anomalies. It's just not realistic. So the hard work that has to go into it, I mean, everybody says, you know, oh, so-and-so is an overnight success, whether it's a YouTube star or a movie star or whatever. It's not true. They've been working hard for a long time. They've been doing the grind. They've been doing the work. So the hard part is just making sure that you understand that you do have to put the time and effort into that that grind, that, that um, owner's ownership over their own business. We are thinking about it at night. We're thinking about it when we wake up in the morning. We can't stop thinking about it. Even when we're at happy hour, we're always thinking we can do more. We can do more. We can do more. And the more you do, the more you're moving yourself forward. So it's, it can, tends to be difficult when, of course, you've got to pay bills and you probably have another job if you're thinking about sort of doing this on the side and building it up. I mean, you really need to be thinking about putting the time in, but also working smart, right? There's opportunities like collaborating and really optimizing your social activities so that people will start to spread word of mouth faster than you can do by yourself, which you want anyway. Mm-hmm. You really need to be thinking about this kind of stuff. And, and sometimes when you don't have enough hours in the day, it can be hard to stay focused on that. But that's some of the stuff you need to think about. How does somebody who... I, I do feel that the, the space, the beauty space, it's somewhat saturated there's yeah. a lot of people in there yeah. and there's a lot more people coming in there trying to do it and how does somebody differentiate themselves I think this is a really good question because if there is a market that's saturated it's beauty mm-hmm. like no doubt about it mm-hmm. I mean you know Michelle Fawn just kind of went over the moon and everybody wants what she's got and yeah. that's amazing uh, but at the same time she had her own personality that people loved and it's just the same thing you could you pick your nightly um, whatever your Thursday night show is everybody has their own Thursday night show I like mm-hmm. to compare it to TV because we do live vicariously through people the same way on YouTube I agree, we yeah. show up they show up we both do our job mm-hmm. you watch they create great content and you go with it my Thursday night is with Olivia Pope, and I want to watch Scandal, and I want to see her save the day in, amaz- mm-hmm. in an amazing coat and Prada bag, and it's going to happen. I'm still going to be pleasantly surprised, but somebody else's personality that's bringing the same drama, the same save the day mm-hmm. on a different channel, literally, is, on, is somewhere else. And that's fine. It's about who you connect with. Mm -hmm. So the differentiation is allowing you to be you, to stop being somebody else, stop trying to be someone else, stop thinking that you need to be just like so-and-so. You can get tips. You can get improvements from people. But if you never really embrace who you are, you're not going to stand at the cream of the crop. It's, It's too, too hard. And that's honestly why I've been able to is because I came into the marketing industry the only marketer using YouTube mm-hmm. like it's YouTube, not using it like it's a video platform that will host my content and hopefully rank me in search. I did it from the cadence of YouTube, why people are there, the expectations they have when they're there. I'm not a talking head with a green screen behind me, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's context of the situation and just knowing I'm going to be myself. I'm going to stand out. This is what I talk like. This is how I present this information to you. And if it's like, if it's how you like to consume content, 
then we're going to be an amazing relationship here. So just grow with me. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to embrace that if you're ever going to really differentiate yourself is stop worrying about the competition and start worrying about how people really are getting to know you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I do agree that that is one of the biggest things with being on YouTube is to be really, truly authentic to Mm -hmm. who you are. But Mm -hmm. I I think it goes further than that because I think a lot of people might say, but I am who I am, that this is who I am. You know, this is, I'm, I'm trying to do this and I'm talking about makeup and I'm doing this but I think it has to go a little bit deeper than that too I think it has to to go into a sense of not just being who you are but really like kind of embracing that specific niche in a way maybe you're that person who is you know a certain age range and you want to appeal to those people within the same range or maybe you're a certain race or maybe there's something somewhat different than you because I think essentially wouldn't most people who come on you know, who, who create a channel and go to the lanes of doing that, wouldn't they say like, well, I am kind of being myself. So it is, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's a hard thing to, to either one, determine really are you being authentic to who you are and two, maybe doing it. No, you, you, bring, you bring up a really good point. Mm-hmm. I think um, I'm going off of the assumption that you have to find your niche. So that's absolutely correct. Yeah. Being yourself isn't going to do the job. Mm-hmm. You know, I have fully defined who my avatar is. If you can say, you know, you know, so-and-so who does this and has a nine-to-five job and, and you can say the person mm-hmm. that you're looking at every time you look at the lens of a camera, that's knowing you know your niche. You may be talking to the people that are exactly like you or you may specialize in a different demographic than you. You do need to know who you're talking to. That, re- regardless, is above all. Yeah. You can't go into the, again, example, beauty industry saying, I'm going to be a fashion and beauty guru. Like that is like me saying I'm going to be a marketing expert. It doesn't, that does nothing to differentiate. So it's about being yourself. It's about embracing that and just going full speed ahead, but also absolutely to the hair color Mm -hmm. of the person that you're envisioning talking to. That's what you need to have to find before you can effectively deliver content. Yeah. And talk a little bit, because I don't know if if my audience is really fully aware of kind of the, the idea and concept of avatar. Maybe talk a little bit about that. So the idea of an avatar is just a major step in the right direction further than demographic. You know, we can say like, oh, I'm targeting senior citizens or I'm targeting um, females or I'm targeting whatever, you know, people who want to dye their hair. It's got to be further than that. It can't be people, right? You know, really define one person Mm -hmm. because even though any fashion and beauty guru could probably help anyone because of how specific they get, that targeted audience is going to be the most effective to convert later when we're talking about sales of products, sponsorship, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So for me, if I had to define my avatar as an example, I would say uh, Sarah is my avatar and Sarah works in women's rights at a full-time nonprofit, loves her job, loves her work, but she knows that she has the ability to make a greater impact in her own way with her own idea with her own business. So she's at this job every day. She's listening to podcasts when she commutes in. She's watching videos when she commutes out. And that's what she does. She's getting empowered as she goes home to work on her second job, which is her own company that she hopes to get off the ground at some point. Mm -hmm. And that Sarah is the girl that I want to empower 
to share her message with the world through video content and personal branding and building her authority online. Because by doing that, no matter what her business is, it could be brick and mortar, it could be e-commerce, because people are going to her and saying, you are an authority in women's rights and whatever that product would have been, I guess e-commerce was a bad example, but (laughs) whatever that is, Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to go to her because I've trusted her for the information that she's delivered. Now, am I going to help an old man working in IT that's trying to branch out and find another job and do video content because of that? Yes, I am because my content will help. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But because I stayed so specific on that avatar and I'm not just giving arbitrary demographics, I'm a better content deliverer because I'm picturing that person and I'm keeping it very tailored. And then I get a lot of the right people in my audience, even if I'm saying like, no, I'm not helping men or I'm not helping whatever. That's fine. Why do we want to spend our time with people in the audience that are never going to move the needle for your business? We don't. They're going to be there. You're going to help them. They're going to be thankful and they will hopefully spread word of mouth for you. But the people that will move the needle for your business by your product, elevate your brand, truly to the level you need it to are the ones that you envision very specifically. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good exercise for everyone to do if they haven't done it so far and they've started a channel and say, you know, I am being myself and like I love makeup and that's my passion and I'm embracing my passion and I'm going to talk about it. I think that's great. I think that's that's awesome. But like we've talked about, it is saturated and you have to create that avatar. And I think it's easy to kind of get started without thinking that. And it's definitely something as an exercise I think everyone should definitely do. And, and you brought up a really good point too in that well I mean two points in that one you need to start your channel almost as a business in the sense of treating it like a business and and one way to do that is to create this avatar so that when it comes time for you to work with brands and sponsorships you that is so important to say Mm -hmm. this is my audience and you are a perfect brand to work with me you your targeted person is you're the only You're the only one. You want to be someone's favorite. You want to be someone's only Mm -hmm. because that's where authority can make a major move for you. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think that's a really, really good point. So Amy, what are you really excited about in the world of YouTube right now? Honestly, I mean, if we had to talk about the platform specifically, Mm -hmm. YouTube cards is where it's at. I am so excited about this feature. I do think it's probably an annotation killer, but I think that that had to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, As OG as annotations are, it's kind of funny because they've been around forever, but they've also been kind of janky forever. So clunky. Yeah. So the the fact that we now have this functionality that's like, click on here, Mm -hmm. it's right here next to me, and it's making the video interactive, not just on desktop, but on mobile. That is so major because all of us, we're all having especially beauty gurus. I mean, there are Mm -hmm. so many young people using their iPads and their iPhones to watch tutorials. They don't have computers. So mobile and and making that conversion happen much more quickly. I mean, just to give you an example, this past week, I changed my end slate, Mm -hmm. um, which is also something I think I'm probably going to phase out at some point because I don't think that having this crazy like ending is going to be necessary. I think you need to make time for your call to action. So Mm -hmm. I like the setting, but I also think, you know, with annotations going away, it's not necessarily something I need to do. I think I just interrupt you real quick. It's so funny you, you say that because I was thinking the exact same thing when I was like editing. I'm like, you know, with these, with these, uh, what they got cards, the cards, right? The cards. Yeah. They're just called cards. It's kind of the worst name. It's a weird name. So (laughs) with the YouTube cards, 
I was like, well, maybe I don't need an end slate anymore because, you know, a lot of times, I don't know about you, but like when I'm watching a video, I know like towards the end, I'll actually just click off anyways. I won't exactly. like sit through the whole thing. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm moving on. And so I'm like, do I even need that end card? And you can even look at, you can look at your, um, your, your stats to show if people are staying till the end, if they're yeah. even, you know, clicking on those, uh, annotations. But I'm like, if I do these cards throughout the video, then maybe I don't need that end card. And I was, that was right. just going through my head the other day. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and, and for me, I, I completely agree. And I, I, I know I have the very loyal people that stay till the end because mm -hmm. they know that I say mostly the same stuff in that end card, yeah. but sometimes I'll throw in like, by the way, I'm doing this lately and all that kind of stuff. Um, and at, I, I've decided to keep an end card for a period of time to just adjust to the cards, the new the cards concept. feature. Yeah, because um, I think there's something to kind of get the audience accustomed to using yeah. it rather than it's sort of just being this random feature that just started showing up. Because I will say, I don't know how many cards I want to use in one video. Um, you can have up to five, and they will only be displayed for five seconds, which mm -hmm. is great because annotations, we used to be able to just pull it out for yeah. as long as we wanted. It wasn't even really scientific. But I like it because I, the end card, people know I'm asking for you to take an action, mm -hmm. but now it's being presented in a new way. And previously, my call to action has always been to join my email list. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you subscribe to me on YouTube super kind, you know, and, and sometimes I will ask for subs on YouTube and, I, and you can totally do it and there are calls to action to that. But me increasing my YouTube subscribership isn't a priority for me to move the needle for business. Some beauty, beauty gurus are going to say that's a completely different story for them yeah. because if they're depending on sponsorships and all that kind of stuff, it's a different story. My business is based on the, the health of my email list. Mm -hmm. My priority is to reach you directly. If I have to go to another platform someday, I want your contact information. Yeah period. Yeah. So for me, I've always said, join Amy's Elite so you don't miss a beat. I think people are so programmed to hearing that now with mm -hmm. the end slate and hearing that. I was like, hmm, I wonder if I did something different. I changed the end slate. I stopped saying that. And I say, by the way, if you click on that card, it'll give you the top five things you need to know before you create your first video blog. And I had more opt-ins from YouTube than I've ever had in one mm. day of changing that. Oh, wow. So it's a, it, it's a very, very interesting thing to watch, but especially because we can get more specific about what we want people to do mm -hmm. by leaving YouTube. Mm -hmm. we, we want people to hang out on YouTube because we want people to get our stuff. We want people to find us, but we also want to get them off. There's rented space and then there's owned assets. Mm -hmm. And you've got to get people to like you at the party you both showed up to, but then want to go to your party someday and yeah. be able to retain them there. And I think that's something to, to talk about too. We can kind of transition to a different, a little bit of a different topic is the idea of, you know, how to monetize and how to make money on YouTube. And I think, you know, a lot of beauty gurus really do depend on the, the size of their channel for those sponsorships opportunities. But at the same time, I think there's a lot more opportunities that when you have a platform, especially in the beauty world, there's so many things that you can do. I mean, you can, yeah. sell, you can sell things and all that. And so that's my question for you is, and I think, you know, you talking about the, the email email subscriber list and all that we can get into that but what do you think is the best way for a youtuber or maybe a beauty youtuber to monetize and make money on youtube well, I think the first step is just not putting all your eggs in one basket. I've had so many people come up to me at conferences or sending me emails asking me what my CPM was and like how things need to change on Google AdSense in order for the, the ball to get going on their income and I'm like are you kidding me? Like if I was counting on my Google AdSense check yeah. every month, like, no, no. <laughs> um, I get it every month, but it's not like, it's, it's like, it, it's just there. Mm -hmm. I don't even notice it. So, yeah. um, it, it, it's, 
that's the first thing. I think so many people forget that they need to diversify their revenue streams. Mm -hmm. There's not just one paycheck. If you only want one paycheck, don't ask for it from Google. Go get a regular ass job. It'll be a lot easier. It'll be way better. It'll be easier. You'll get more money and you'll be happier. You'll get to do makeup for fun. Like, so remember that diversify your revenue streams. And there are a lot of things you can do. Um, if you, if you don't even have the numbers yet to really be talking to a serious sponsor, you can still have sponsors and set the bar for what a sponsorship looks like on your channel. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of times a big step for some people is again, are you treating the channel like a hobby or a business? Mm -hmm. A really good step would be to say like, no, we've, we're going to make sure people are aware of sponsorship on this channel always so that if a sponsor does come along, they know what it looks mm-hmm. like to get involved. So whether that means doing your, uh, your beauty product friend a favor and saying, I want to give you a sponsorship for a couple weeks on my channel, would you mind? It's free, but I'm doing it as a trial. I would love a testimonial from you. Get some, some sort of value on that from them for offering them a free sponsorship. Wait, because wait, wait, by putting that... that? Just because you're you're putting an ad placement in your content in some capacity. So you're suggesting to like another a beauty guru to go to a, another beauty guru and kind of do like a shout out on their own channel. No, I, I guess I, do, I meant like an actual product no, or product. something. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm just okay. saying like, Pick pick somebody that you wish was going to be your sponsor, okay. and and let's just say like, oh hey, I know that I don't have the numbers you need right yeah, now, yeah. but I'm totally fine with doing a trial run sponsorship free mm-hmm. of charge. All okay. I need is a testimonial from you that this was a good experience. If if anyone were to ask me if I've dealt with sponsors again in the, in the future, okay. By doing that, you're you are treating your channel more like a business, mm-hmm. but also you're setting expectations on your channel that you have sponsors. Sponsors don't just come out of the blue two years later and all of a sudden you're selling out. That's what a lot of YouTubers are afraid of. That's why they're afraid of talking about money Mm -hmm. and that's what you want to prevent. So just set the bar for your audience and set, set it for yourself and set it for potential sponsors. You can also do that with affiliate. I mean, you can sell any beauty product from Amazon and make money on it. Um, Amazon affiliates are a great way to do that. So just let people know they're supporting the show when they click on your Amazon link. Mm -hmm. And by telling your friends, you're, you're growing the show and by using the Amazon link, you're helping me to be able to continue to do this. That's another example of monetizing that's actually incredible. I mean, it's not just about that one product Mm -hmm. that somebody buys that you recommended. I've had somebody click my Amazon link and buy a $4,000 TV that day. Yeah, because anything they buy from that link. The cookie lasts for 24 hours. Oh, really? 24 hours. They click on it. If they buy something within that 24 hours, it's anything on Amazon. It's not just the thing you linked to. I probably linked to a camera. He went and bought a TV and I got a $230 check from Amazon. So that's something to really think about. There's a major opportunity there. Of course, that's somewhat restricted in different states. I don't know. I've heard that Amazon's pulling affiliates in certain places because of taxes. So keep that in mind. But um, I'm in Ohio, so it seems to be working fine here. Um, but that's another example. But also, mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many opportunities. I mean, if I was a beauty guru at this point, I would be selling like my perfect little starter package or something yeah. because there are so many like 
birch boxes and stitch fixes and things like this these days that if you truly are someone's authority, they just want to go shopping with you. Yeah. So take them shopping yeah. and find a way to work with these companies that are coming out of the woodwork now to be like, build your own package and, and they have incentive to do it and, and host all the, the stuff and you don't have to have a, a, a you know, like a whole manufacturer. Yeah. yeah. Like you don't have to have the place with all the stuff in the yeah. boxes. There's a company that'll do that for you. You put your name on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, think big. I, somebody asked me yesterday, you know, um, how many people do you need on your email list or even just say like YouTube subscribers? Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube subscribers is a little bit more transparent, so it may not be the best example, but how many people do you need to be able to start selling something? And it's like you're not thinking like your target audience if you're thinking that way because. All they know is they trust you. They keep coming back for your content. Mm -hmm. If they want that help, they want that help. So if they're going to sell them something that helps them, then sell it to them. If I have one person on my email list, I have one person to pitch a product to. And if they don't buy it, they don't buy it. That's fine. It's just because it's one person. But if you have 100 people on a list and you're like, okay, I've got 100 subscribers. I'm just going to throw this out there and see if there's any interest. Look at your conversion rate. Did you get 1%? Did you get 5%? Mm -hmm. And then figure out what that's going to look like for you in the long run when you improve upon the targeted type of product that you're creating and how many people you have. It's always going to grow. But if you're getting in the habit of doing these things, even if they're a very small scale at this point, you're at least setting the tone for what people can expect for your channel. Mm -hmm. And that's where some YouTubers end up going wrong and why they end up crying in a corner somewhere because their audience says they're selling out is because three years later they figured out how to have a business plan because they hired somebody. Mm -hmm. So just start doing something. It can be Amazon affiliate and that's Mm -hmm. it. That's like something you can do in five minutes. Yes, it's so easy. And how does like a a YouTuber and a beauty guru kind of walk that fine line between having an authentic real channel and and then selling something without, you know, like you said, selling out? Absolutely. I think relevancy is key, right? Mm -hmm. So um, if you're trying to pitch something that completely combats everything you've ever taught them, um, then yeah, you're selling out. That's Mm -hmm. called selling out. If uh, there's a lot of companies uh, these days that are trying to coordinate between the basic YouTuber that may or may not have a network, uh, probably doesn't have a network, and sponsors, and they're trying to make platforms where you can yeah. you know, match up. And I got an email the other day that's like, you can make up to $2,000 because Care.com wants to sell uh, their platform via sponsorship on your channel yeah. <laughs> so that you can help them recruit teenage babysitters. Yeah. And I was like, you're like, I had nothing to do with me. <laughs> like, see, you, you put $2,000 out there and you get my attention, but it's like, but no, yeah. like that's selling out. If I decided to work with sorry to call out care.com but that's what that's what happened I'm sure a lot of people got that email but it's like if I was going to work with care.com to sell to my entrepreneurs how to become a babysitter a what on the side of the side of the side of their business while they're at work like it doesn't make any sense so you know that that might make sense for someone who's a beauty guru who is a stay-at-home mom sure. who talks about you know like trying to figure but out that's a way. because you know your avatar yeah. so well that you can say look you guys 
I have a great supporter of this show, and I'm just going to tell you why I decided to work with them. Mm -hmm. I've talked to you guys. I know what you're doing. I know what you're focused on, and I know that this is something that might help you because I'm recommending these $50 makeup products, and they're kind of expensive, but you can actually make a few extra bucks on the side by doing this thing, and they said they wanted to come talk to you, so I invited them, and I hope that you'll give them an opportunity. Go check out their platform. If you don't, you don't, but you're supporting the show by hearing this and I just want you to be able to have the best makeup in the world right I mean like yeah, you, you can phrase that to be relevant um that one again most extreme example ever which is why being yourself mm-hmm. is so critical in that moment mm-hmm. because as transparent as you can be to convince somebody that there's a reason I brought this sponsor on board because you are the target audience mm-hmm. and I have I specifically asked for you and that's why that's why I'm, I'm bringing them to the table today now also, you know, if I if I'm trying to sell my product, sexy video editing, which is a a, a course on how I edit my videos so mm-hmm. that people can figure out how the heck to jump cut cuz a lot of people don't know how to do it yeah. properly, uh I'm going to do a video about something editing related. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to get to the to a point where I'm like, by the way, if you want a more deep dive into how I edit, I don't usually do that in content here because it would take way too long, but I have a course for that. Mm-hmm. And that's a relevant call to action where they're like, no, I want more. Mm-hmm. I want more. Yeah. So send them to go get it. And it's going to be a, a it's, it's not you selling out. It's, it's a happy situation for everybody. Yeah. It's a win-win. And I want to say on that point too, I I completely agree because I'm all for, you know, being authentic to who you are, but also knowing that this is a business and you're going to have to make money somehow. But I think no matter what you do, and and you've probably experienced that, you're, you're still you're still going to get haters and people that are going to complain and don't let those few people deter you from really truly trying to make a go at making money on your channel. Exactly. I mean, it it's it's funny because the YouTube comments are a scary place for a lot of people mm-hmm. and it makes sense because there are a lot of people that are just hiding in a room somewhere commenting and Angry. doing nasty things. Yeah. And I always think the same way somebody comments negatively on YouTube, and I usually won't do anything about it unless they say something that's really offensive and then you can block them or whatever at your own discretion. But I think of people that just spread negativity as the same people that subscribed to my email list and then left as soon as I sold them something. Bye. Like, that's fine. If you have that opinion or if you just wanted my free stuff and you don't want to do anything that's actually going to help pay me back in some capacity, you don't have to pay me, Mm -hmm. but you have to at least kind of understand that I'm doing this for business purposes. So I have to be able to make that call at some point to pitch you something or ask you to spread word of mouth. But if you left and you consider it spam because I said, by the way, I created this product, then that's fine. You should go because it's a waste of my money for you to be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. just go. Those people don't even phase me anymore. I may have been on YouTube a long time, so that's part of it. And I also don't think I'm at a critical mass point where a lot of beauty gurus could be, where they're having an uncontrollable amount of comments. Mine are not uncontrollable. They're good enough that I think there's a lot going on and I can have a good conversation with people. And I show up. A lot of this controlling the comments situation thing is People don't comment with their audience after a video. And that's the biggest mistake you could ever make, dropping the mic and then leaving. Talk to a few of them. Show people you are there. Because then the negative people, especially if you reply to them like, 
killing them with kindness or letting them know you saw that they're kind of shysty, mm-hmm. they are different the next time. I've converted so many people that showed up and tried to be jerks and they keep coming back and saying nice stuff. Yeah. It's, it's actually not that difficult because they just write things out of anger or stupidity mm-hmm. and then you end up making your area a better place because you're keeping it cleaned up. And I think it's like a mindset too, because one thing that I I always think about as I'm I'm a you know I'm a content creator, but I'm also a fan of YouTubers and beauty YouTubers. I love watching them, yeah. and I realize that what they're doing takes a tremendous amount of work and energy and time, and that you can't expect people to do all that and create good content and be able to afford the cameras and the lighting and everything without trying to make a dime. I mean, we exactly. watch television shows like you talked about Scandal or whatever, mm-hmm. and there's commercials that the reason their commercials are there is because it pays for everything else. You can't like you have to think. You know, a lot of these people are they thinking they can get everything completely for free? If that's their mentality, then fine. But like you said, those aren't necessarily the people that you that you want in your group and in your exactly. audience. And I think most people understand the need for a YouTuber to, you know, hustle and make money. I think most people get it. And you know what? Those that don't, they don't. But That's like right. you said, who cares? Move yeah. on. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So Amy, we're gearing towards the end of the interview. I know we're in a little bit of a of a time crunch. And so I'm gonna ask you some of the questions that I ask everybody that comes on the show and you just kind of respond. I call it the beauty bonus round and you just respond with your, your first instinct. So the first question is what are your three Holy grail work items for your channel? So it could be a software, a hardware, a tool. Uh, I couldn't live without the Adobe creative cloud, uh, because I use Adobe premiere pro, Mm -hmm. um, which is so great that they do this now where you can rent software. Um, I need my T4i, my Canon T4i, but if I don't have that, I have my iPhone. And really, my iPhone is number three because it just does everything for me, from photos to an external audio opportunity to just reading comments to the camera. I need my phone all the time. What do you do for stuff like this? Is it, is it just your webcam? Yeah, I just have a webcam. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. me too. All right. Uh, do you have any favorite time management tools? Um, I have been using Todoist for, uh, just sort of as like a to-do list, obviously. Asana is my project manager. And, um, I would just say in terms of time management, um, it's one of those like wake up early things. I know it sounds like super cheesy, but you look at the world very differently when you figure out how to give yourself a few extra hours in the day. And it really just means being responsible about your sleep. I have to tell you, the last few weeks I've been waking up 6, 6 a.m. or before thanks mm. to Hal Elrod's um, uh, Morning Miracle. Mm. He's, it's, it's a great resource. Mm. And um, I'm sleeping better, which as the beauty gurus know is very good. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I'm just, I'm still on my game at four o'clock in the afternoon. So yeah. that's, um, that's a huge one. It's just about getting good sleep and, and making the most out of your day. Yeah. Who, what is the favorite opportunity you have had by being on YouTube? Um, I've had so many, I, I mean, honestly, like the, this world has done a lot for me. Um, I have to pick one. I'll just pick the one that's happening probably like now-ish. 
Um, so I was asked to speak at Tropical Think Tank, which is a conference in Cebu, Philippines, yeah. uh, next month by Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker is the author of Virtual Freedom. He is right now the thought leader on hiring virtual assistants for your business. Mm-hmm. And we had never met, and he asked me to speak at his conference conference right after he had his first event last year. This is a $5,000 a head conference, 50 people max in the Philippines. And I'm basically going out there and doing a session and bringing a lot of value to the table and basically getting a week in paradise. (laughs) So so cool. uh, Yeah. So the fact that we had never met, but he was able to see my videos and know that I have never seen you speak. I've never met you, but I know you can hold it down and I need you at my event. Like that, that is if that doesn't tell you what video can do for your brand, I don't know what does. Yeah, that's amazing. That's such a cool opportunity. Man, a, a week in the Philippines, that's cool. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> um, what would you not do again if you were to start your YouTube channel right now? If I were to start my YouTube channel right now, um, I would pull back on a lot of the background music I've been doing in previous years. I don't know if I agree with that for like the beauty for the beauty atmosphere, but I think I did it a little bit too much in some cases. But most importantly is I think that we've all been screwing around a little bit too much at the beginning of our videos, and we mm-hmm. only have about eight seconds. Mm-hmm. Somebody decides on average eight seconds. They decide if they're going to watch the rest of a YouTube video or not. Yeah. So if I could go start over, every single video would probably be a minute short because I'd be going into the content really quickly. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good piece of advice. It's so true. You you find out in like the first eight, 10 seconds if you're going to watch a video. And I think for me, some of the, for like a, from like a beauty perspective, some of these tutorials and makeup videos, you know, they're doing a certain tutorial and a lot of times they'll start it with like no makeup on. Okay, I'm going to do this tour. And they talk, talk, talk. And you're like, yeah. oh, I don't know. I think the ones to me that grab my attention are the ones where the girl shows up. Final here's result a look, first. Here's a look. Do you like it? All right, stay tuned. And to me, exactly. that's the best one. Because sometimes they're like, mm, I don't like that one. Or, oh yeah, that's great. I'll watch it. Because everybody wants to do their video like a movie. Like, oh, wait till the end to get to yeah. the really good part. That's not what YouTube is. They yeah. want they want to know they hit that search result and they hit the right one. And you have to show them they did that by saying this is what's going to happen now you're going to want to watch the rest of it to find out how to do that yeah exactly totally what is the best piece of advice you would give someone who is looking to grow their channel maybe they've got a couple thousand subscribers and they're just kind of stuck and they're like i i got to get over that hump I would start, okay, well, collaboration is key. Like anytime you can team up with another channel and just cross promote, I mean, they need it too. So that's another thing. Don't feel like you're selling out on that and go ask. But also, I don't think enough people are hanging out with um, the blessing and the curse of Google predictive search. Mm -hmm. Uh, You start typing into that search bar and some crazy stuff shows up underneath it. Those are the top things being searched on Google and YouTube if you look at both of those search engines. So use those as topic drivers for you if you're having like writer's block or you're just discouraged. Go see what a big trending topic is, especially as it's actually being phrased in search. Mm -hmm. And then use that to make your next piece of content because if it's being searched for you've already got more views on your way as long as you rank it well and you get your copy the way it needs to be. It will do well in search and you'll hopefully get more exposure. That's a really, really good piece of advice. Yeah. All right. And last question is, what is your favorite social media tool and how would you use it in growing your channel? So I really, I, my heart breaks a little bit. Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, Twitter is like, 
at my jam. Door, <laughs> I, I, I adore it. But I've even gotten to a point like last week. It's really funny. I was like watching Super Soul Sunday oh. and I just. <laughs> the O bit, Network. I know. And, 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 I, and I heard for the upteenth time from a million people, but it was that moment that somebody being interviewed said like, you know, the, you know, Jim Rohn, the five mm-hmm. people you spend the most time with, that you are the average of them. Yeah. And I was thinking like, this is why I don't like Twitter anymore. I'm following too many people. I get on there. I don't like what I see. Mm-hmm. So I just, I've limited that and I've unfollowed a ton of people that are great people. It's just that I wasn't having fun there anymore. Mm-hmm. So I've, I'm improving on that because quite frankly, Instagram is coming in as the big winner. Yeah. And Twitter is a great place to be organically found, no doubt about it. Uh, but Instagram is truly so perfect for working with a YouTube channel because people like you when you use your Instagram to give people an insight into your life. And they also like it when you do that with YouTube. Mm-hmm. So the two tie in so beautifully. My content on YouTube is extremely structured. I don't like plugging my thumbnail on Instagram. That's not the, that's not the jam of the channel. Like mm-hmm. that's not the vibe, but because I'm showing people behind the scenes, it just works. And when you link in your bio, the way you need to change it up, say my latest video is there, but add it in sort of a micro blogging way to a, to a photo that's related, but it's not the thumbnail. It's just an, an addition to the story. Mm-hmm. Instagram is magical for growing your YouTube channel. As a matter of fact, my workshop I'm doing in New York next weekend, I'm having a guest speaker that is not a YouTube. Well, she is a YouTuber, but she's not like a big YouTuber. Mm-hmm. She's the Instagram expert, Sue B. Zimmerman. She's going to be my guest speaker because we're going to be able to talk to people about here's how you create video content, but here's how you use Instagram to really elevate it and grow exposure. Yeah, I think in the YouTube world, especially with the beauty world, Instagram is where it's at. There's oh, no question. No doubt. Yeah, no, no doubt. question. And I know a lot of YouTubers, some that I have interview that they built their channel around the fact that they had big Instagram followings yeah and they used that to their advantage before people were really doing it yeah so they were creating I think it was Amanda Ensing she's a, a beauty guru and she was talking about that how like people weren't really using Instagram at the time and right. she used that and she's like now that's kind of like a huge thing for me and so. that's what Twitter did for me for my YouTube channel mm. Because I was just being human before Mm -hmm. and I was just being myself. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, by the way, I just started a business and here's my new blog. And I just, I had, obviously that was the highest point of traffic is that first day, that launch, because Mm -hmm. you tap into the network you have. It doesn't matter where they are. Tap into the network you have. It could be your mom and her friends, but regardless, whatever you have is going to help you. You just have to go there and be willing to ask for it. Well, Amy, thank you so much. You, I know that everyone listening and watching got a ton out of this. And tell everyone where they can find you. I'm personally a huge fan of your YouTube channel and your thank podcast. You. And I want to let everyone know, you know where they can find you because I think you have such valuable information on both your platforms that people can really learn from. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, SavvySexySocial.com will point you to everything. My social links are there if you're interested in that, including Instagram and Twitter. Um, But yeah, I mean, all my videos and the podcast are there, so that's the best place to go. Awesome. Well, thank you, Amy. Thank you so much. All right, bye. Well, that's it. That's our interview, and thank you so much for joining us here. Once again, I am your host, Erica Piera. And for all show notes and videos and more goodies, make sure you go to the Beauty and the Blog website at beautyandtheblog.com and check out our Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Beauty and the Blog. Thanks so much, guys. Mwah.